Welcome to Marketing Hell. I'm Richard Leyland, and we are back. Sorry about that long pause. Had a really good thing going on, I reckon. We were doing about an episode a week, and then real life and work got in the way. So, my apologies. I guess the reason is that at work we were giving birth to a new website, and to stretch that horrible metaphor, I've been reaching for the gas and air. It's been utterly painful, but we're getting there. Uh, and also at home, I'm barred from editing podcasts until the kids get into bed, which is getting later and later. So I've had this narrowing window in which to edit these podcasts and really eight years into parenthood and I'm getting no better. So this then, for all those that need a reminder, is the podcast that picks through the rubble of our dismal marketing failures to see if we can find one or two lessons so that you can make all different blunders in your own campaigns. In this episode, I'm interviewing Russ Powell, Russ is a marketer from his head to his toe, and he's also a dad and a podcast host. So that's to say he's me, only funnier and with a lot more hair. Russ built his experience at some of the biggest names in tech, and I'll list them, Microsoft, Fujitsu, Dell, Symantec, and these days he's the founder and the managing director of his own agency, which is called Sharper B2B. And as I always say, Russ, our guest, is a skilled marketer. He's actually good at this stuff. So I want to thank him for putting his ego aside, sharing his own personal marketing hell with me, and with you. So let's get to it. Okay, cool. Russ, welcome to Marketing Hell. How are you this morning? Very well, thank you, Richard. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you very much. Looking forward to another one of these chats. These are these are the best bit of my week. <laughs> good. What, what's the first thing that came to mind when I invited you on a podcast called Marketing Hell? Oh, gosh. Um, we wouldn't have enough time in the world to record uh, everything that I could talk about, maybe. Having spent well over well over a decade as a as a as a marketer, uh, there's plenty of mistakes and and trips to certain circles of hell that have been made. So, um, fantastic. Where should we start? Well, so I've kind of thought of thought of three three of the best stories that sort of encapsulate that um you know that that feeling you get where you feel like you've been punched in the stomach and it's like oh oh god no why has this happened how do i how do i sort this out so the first one um happened quite early on in my career so um i won't mention company names but if anyone looks on linkedin they'll be able to work it out um but i was um communications exec on on an account for this organization and and we were setting up a, a direct mail campaign, um, which we were using as a, a, a direct response. So it was a, a wonderfully designed and, and beautifully printed piece of brochureware with associated collateral and, and everything around that. And I was, I was very much junior in, in the process. I was sort of learning the ropes as we go and, and helping to, to keep things ticking along as, as best I could. But then a couple of weeks before go live and everything having to go out the the marketing manager who was running the project uh, went off ill and everything kind of then fell fell on my my novice shoulders um luckily most most of the stuff that needed to be done was done it was kind of just finessing the final bits and make sure everything was in place to go out and part of that was ensuring that all the copy was proofread and, and needed to be absolutely 100% before it went to print and before fulfillment and before it got shipped out. And is this going to consumers? So this is, it's, it's all, it's B2B. So this is um, IT decision makers uh, across a, a wide range of 
organizations and sectors so it was it was a it was a pretty big deal in terms of a campaign in terms of the the size of the audience it, it was going to be um be targeting so yeah so it was kind of just before print and fulfillment and ha- having to to proofread everything and went through everything with with a fine-tooth comb and changed all the words to wares and the yours to yours and and all of that all of that kind of stuff the things that sometimes slip through the net and as far as I was aware, which is kind of leading towards what happened, uh, all of the information in in that um, that direct mail and kind of the response mechanisms around it were were perfect and absolutely what they needed to be. So, Russ, were you out of your depth? You've mentioned being junior and this landing on you. Is this something that, of course, would be difficult and would go wrong because of being, you know, early in your career, or should you had a, should you have had this? I think it's kind of halfway between the two. I wasn't necessarily out of my out of my depth because a lot of the stuff had been done. It was really just kind of the final push getting stuff over the line, but I think it was that it was dropped on me unexpectedly and it was kind of just left to me to get everything sorted and and get it out the door as it were. So yeah, probably a little bit out of my depth, but not totally out of my depth that I was I was sinking and and floundering and and drowning or anything like that to to torture the metaphor. So we had this beautiful direct mail campaign set up that was going to go out and the response mechanism, there were two response mechanisms in it. One of it was an email address. So email such and such to find out more or start a conversation. And there was a phone number to chat with a solution expert, sales guy, consultant, whatever it was. Because this is, we're talking sort of 10, 12 years ago before everything was digital and tracked and attributed and you could measure everything down to the last pixel. So we were relying on those responses coming in. And so the campaign went live to big fanfare internally. We sort of shouted about it, said this campaign's just gone out. We're targeting this audience with this offering. And uh, we've produced this amazing piece of direct mail content, yada, yada, yada. And then we, and we waited. And a, a couple of emails came in, but the main call to action the main response mechanism was the telephone number and we kind of got people set up and there was this hotline all set up ready to go to to chat to people why why aren't we getting calls like what's what's going wrong it's like and this should be engaging with people and then somebody said uh well is the phone number right and the phone number wasn't right the phone number rather than going to our hotline that we'd set up with the solution experts and the sales guys and the consultants all ready to chat uh, instead of going to them it, it went to a little old lady in east london who was very nice about it when we spoke to her but was slightly confused by all the calls that she'd been getting from people wanting to talk about um uh, and like data storage and it services outsourcing and things like that and please tell me that the little old lady took loads of calls she did. She took a lot of calls, but unfortunately didn't have access to a CRM system or any way to pass those uh, pass those calls through to the the sales guys or the the pre sales guys to follow up. So um, yeah, there was a lot of activity going that went untracked because said little old lady obviously didn't have access to the CRM system to log those calls and push push those leads and opportunities through through to the sales guys, but. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. So this really gets at something that's one of the reasons why I set up this podcast in the first place, which is that 
Um, marketing campaigns go wrong in a whole variety of different ways. And I've often been a bit sort of shocked by the extent to which they go wrong at really basic administrative levels, right? Like this, just someone didn't check a thing. And, and it sometimes makes me wonder if we really have a profession here that we could call a profession with, you know, proper strategic skill and, you know, the ability <laughs> to um, develop those skills in such a way that you no longer make such mistakes. Like there's just a typo in your document or the number's wrong or whatever is actually such a familiar story that it, it makes me lose faith in the entire discipline, honestly. That, maybe yeah. that sounds a little negative, but that's that's a thought that passes my mind. Yeah, well, maybe there needs to be a module in marketing degrees about checking stuff, checking the phone numbers right, checking the emails right, checking your domain still registered that you you want to direct people to. Yeah, my my policy on this is um, actually this is specifically my policy on press releases, which is that just before I send a press release out to a list of media, if I'm the only one that has seen this specific email, there's a mistake in it. Without, there is a mistake. No, no question. There's a mistake I haven't seen. And therefore, I need a second person to read it and find that mistake or plural mistakes. And so that policy, I think, protects me quite well. It basically is a policy that says I'll always introduce a mistake. Mm. And, uh, and that's how I sort of plan to continue in my career, which it, it says something a bit underwhelming about my work and the work of marketers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's I in in the grand scheme of things, in this example it was a fairly chunky mistake to make in that we we lost leads and opportunities and had to pay for a little old lady to have her phone number changed. But even even at a smaller level, those mistakes like typos and just things not lining up, they they damage credibility quite easily in terms of um campaigns and stuff that go out so it may be minute details but those minute details do really matter and how did you feel about yourself after this mistake i'm interested to know what it was like to be you sitting in an office sitting at a desk having done this well i was i was obviously gutted because this is kind of the the campaign had had been 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 dropped on me and i was like come on russ this is this is it this is this is the big time. This is your time to shine and make sure everything goes right and um, prove that you're uh, you're 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 a proper marketer and you can do all this kind of stuff. So yeah, I was I was understandably cheesed off. I think is the the, the polite way to to phrase it about um, about the whole situation because I, I I felt honestly because I because I was I was new a, a brand new marketer as well. And I kind of thought, well, it's game over. I I can't do marketing. Clearly, like this is this isn't for me. But at the time, I was very lucky to have a really a really supportive boss, and she very much put an arm around my shoulder and kind of said, "Look, this kind of thing happens. The important thing is that it never happens again. Just if you make a mistake." learn from it and move on and never make the same mistake again. Did you try and play it off as, um, well, this is a brand play now, right? It's not going to be lead generative. It's going to be about the brand. You know, we've got the messaging right. It's reached X thousand people. It's a brand play, which I've seen that done so many times that my irony meter spikes very, very high when I hear it. But did you try and play that card? Uh, I didn't at the time because, again, I I was a novice marketer and um, I, I didn't have the... 
the knowledge or the or the wherewithal at the time to put that put that spin on it unfortunately so yeah i kind of i i took the hit i said yeah, look, okay we cocked up it's it's a it's a fairly sizable cock up i'll, I'll hold my hands up and at the same time, people were quite, people were good about it. They were like, look, we, we know like your junior, this was dumped on you at the last minute. So you don't have to accept all of the blame. But, you know, I, I, I did, I did, I, I accepted the blame because it was given to me. It was my responsibility and, and it was, um, it, it was, it was a cock up. But yeah, like I said, you kind of, you learn from it. And I think the support from my manager at the time was really helpful that, yeah, she kind of said, look, no, no one's died like okay the campaign's gone wrong but what what damage has it really done to anybody in a in a physical or, or emotional way and may, maybe the little old lady was a bit put out from having so many phone calls come through but she was very pleasant about it at the end of the day so yeah m- mistakes happen as I said but it's all about learning from them and making sure they're not repeated I guess yeah can I tell you a line that I once used and even as I said it, I knew I was cracking a joke rather than this being correct. But you know that old cliche about, um, I know that half of my marketing budget is wasted. I just don't know which half. You know, that's, I can't remember who said that now, but it's a hoary old cliche. I once made a huge mistake and all I said was, well, now we know that this activity was in the wasted half. <laughs> you got to spin it. You got to find the positives. Well, exactly. I mean, we're marketers, right? If we can't market and spin for ourselves, then, you know, who can we do it for? So where should we go next? I enjoyed that story. That's you and your junior self. How about as your career developed? Yeah, so so as as my career developed, as you say, I kind of moved through a variety of different roles. So um, post my first role in a grad scheme, I kind of, I I went contracting and and moved around around a variety of different places, sort of picking up, different pockets of experience and different elements of the marketing mix. Um, but it's when I kind of, I found a role that I really loved and settled in. And um, so this was for uh, uh, all similar companies, really. It's B2B tech. So the companies are, are kind of similar in in size. But so this is the role I kind of, I went in as a, a marketing exec and was there for a few years and kind of worked my way up to kind of marketing manager level, overseeing um, a different number of sectors working alongside the different sales teams and we were doing some really great work and we 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 won awards and so we were used as as case studies of of marketing done fantastically for for b2b um but i came perilously close uh to getting my p45 because of Oh, I love these stories. Let's go on. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So we, so one of the sectors that I oversaw was uh, manufacturing, and we had a, a relationship that I kind of started up with uh, a publication, uh, imaginatively titled "The Manufacturer," um, and we used to do sort of co-branded campaigns and events and stuff with those guys, and we'd set up this pretty awesome um, sort of roundtable type event where we had um, we had this space in the office that was used for sort of dignitaries and guests to come along, which is like an innovation lab. And we worked with a manufacturer. We got 20 senior level manufacturing decision makers. Hang on, I've got to jump in. Who are dignitaries in the manufacturing space? I love the idea, like the, the Lord Mayor of manufacturing. Like, who's that? Yeah. 
Have you, you you've never met the king of manufacturing? <laughs> I can't say I have no. Um, but yeah, so so we got we got these guys in the got these guys in the room, and we we ran a fantastic event, and we produced a, a brilliant piece of thought leadership content out the back of it. But in in the background, um, so we'd got all the invoices, raised all the POs, everyone had been paid and sorted and everything, and it was all fine. But unbeknownst to me, I I had unwittingly skipped a step in the procurement process and the procurement team, our marketing director, our HR director got very involved very quickly around what was happening with this event, where the budget had gone, who'd been paid, how, and had Russ committed fraud. Right. You say you skipped a step. What do you mean by skipped a step? So, uh, so unwitting. So the, the the procurement process, as as you can imagine, in large B two B organisations, is fairly laborious, and there's lots of hoops to jump through to get things signed off and get things done. And what I wasn't aware of was that an additional step had been brought into the procurement process since the last time I did it to ensure that everything was checked and balanced properly. What I'd done is used the old procurement process as I normally would. Everything had gone through, but then this red flag appeared that this now new crucial important step had been had been introduced to the process, which I I had circumvented was the the posh word that the HR people used, um, and I then had to to prove that I wasn't embezzling money and sending company cash to this organisation who were then because I'd sent them the money so they were obviously holding the money for me so that I would then get to keep the money ignoring the fact that we'd hired stuff and we would paid for their time to get people in the room and worked on the campaign and everything like that. Did they think there was something inherently shady in whatever this entity is you're talking about this company that you'd partnered with? Did it look questionable or something like that? No, no, not not at all. They're they're a, a well established. They've been running for a long time. They're well renowned in manufacturing circles as the, the publication of of record, and it's the magazine and the website that that everybody everybody reads. So there was no no fault on their side whatsoever. It was me not paying attention, basically, to to the new the new procurement process and the new step that had had been introduced. And like we were, we were like the the event had run. We we generated leads and opportunities off the back of it. We generated all this amazing content that we were then going to campaign out. And I was like, "This is amazing! This is brilliant! We're absolutely smashing this!" And I was flying high. And then then everything started and quickly came crashing down. And yeah, was lots of emails with lots of exclamation marks and lots of red texting from a variety of people. Uh, lots of calls with very senior people, uh, lots of calls with HR disciplinary type people. Were you ever actually accused of anything? I wasn't directly accused, but the, the, the questions were, look, we need to understand that this isn't a case of fraud, please. And in, in words that way. So I, I was never directly accused, but the 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 intimation was there in kind of the the uh, the machine that was was chundering in the background to try and work out 
what had happened. And yeah, as I say, I, I will I will readily admit that it is the first time I'd ever cried at work about work stuff because I thought I was gone. I thought I was an absolute, I thought I was toast. Like I'd, I'd, I'd made an honest mistake by inadvertently circumventing this process, but processes are there in a rip for a reason. And if, if you break the rules, whether you meant to or not, then you have to deal with the consequences of that. And I, I literally, I, I, I sat, sat in, sat in a breakout room or one of the little phone rooms we had, one of the little phone rooms that you could go off and, and make a phone call and sobbed. I absolutely sobbed because I thought I was an absolute gun. I thought I was toast. I thought I'd absolutely torpedoed my career and no one would ever touch me again because I'd been sacked for fraud. This this sounds a little bit unjust so far. The mistake that you made was was sort of not following the proper process and therefore committing funds to something. I would have thought that's something you could resolve pretty quickly, right? Get with the right people and say, yeah, this is the specific mistake I made. Sorry. Yeah, which which is what I did. I was I was on on bended knee for for quite a while, sort of uh, self self flagellating to say, look, this was an honest mistake. Like I, I can I can prove I've got an email trail that will prove nothing's suspect, nothing's happened. But I think it's kind of when when wheels are in motion and HR and disciplinary stuff starts getting talked about, you need to be on your game and able to prove everything. And which I was in, in the end of the day, it worked itself out and it was all proven that, that nothing untoward had happened. But, but in that moment, I was, I was bereft. I honestly thought it was, it was game over part of the uh, and it it was remedied so again my line manager at the time he was he was really supportive and sort of helped helped me through that process and i i then had to i then had to give a presentation to the whole of the marketing department about the procurement process and what the new process is and why we have to 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 follow the steps that that are followed mm. yeah and it, it we we moved past it fairly swiftly but it was still something that that hung over me mm. personally for quite a while because and anyone anyone that that knows me or or I've dealt with will know that I'm straight talking and, and upfront about everything. So I think it was I, I I knew in my heart of hearts that I'd not done anything wrong, that I hadn't purposefully gone out to embezzle this money or, or try and defraud the company. But I think it was just the, the the whole process and the the accusation of it as well was proper proper hell proper marketing hell for me yeah absolutely yeah can i tell you the policy that i've developed that i think helps to insulate around these issues which is that you know as a as a marketing lead you'll you'll have a budget available to you almost certainly and you'll have someone in a finance team that will be monitoring the spend against that budget and my policy is be as close as possible to the most senior person in finance that you can realistically be close to and be over communicative right if you know there's a big spend coming up in a month or in a quarter or whatever tell them in advance if uh, you know if there's some story some stumble or whatever tell them in advance and leave the impression that you you're proactive in the way you want to deal with the finance team through the process of spending money and that that just insulates you so well, and 
it took, you know, I'm 20 years into my marketing career and I think it took about 15 to work that out. But since I've done that, I found that I have no, mm. no, not, not no problems, but I find that that whole process of where is the marketing budget going and how is much easier. So is there anything else that you wanted to, to say about that particular slice of hell? Just that even even thinking about it and talking about it now has made me really anxious, made me really tense. <laughs> and it's, uh, but yeah, I think it's I think it's an important story to tell as well for for people to know about. And it's yeah, you need to you need to make sure I's are dotted and, and T's are crossed, and that everything is um, is as it needs to be when it comes to handling budgets and, and managing money. Mm. Anyway, so this this feels like the this was the story of you a bit more sure of yourself, but still a stumble. Where should we go next? So the more the more recent one, I guess, is funnier and and less 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 dramatic. Let's say my last client side role. So I was head of marketing for a, a Microsoft Gold partner. So they were involved in um, dynamics and teams and ERP ERP implementations across a variety of sectors. Um, so we were well ingrained in the Microsoft Partner ecosystem, and every year there's the Microsoft Partner Conference. I mean, it wasn't last year because 2020, um, but every year when physical events were a thing, there'd be the Microsoft Partner Conference in Vegas, in Las Vegas, in America. So, and we went, and I was only only a few weeks into the role, and kind of got got a call from sales director who was who was my manager at the time said look russ we're we're going to the partner conference someone dropped out do you want to come and i was like trip to vegas yes obviously i want i I, I want to come but also um like our cto was going some of the other senior guys were going i thought look i'm I'm new into this role this is going to be a great chance to to build some relationships get to know people and kind of embed myself in in the business a bit more so um we all we all flew out on the same flight, which was all fine, uneventful. Um, we all stayed in the same hotel, which again, uneventful. But and we sort of we had a day or so to kind of decompress and get over the jet lag as as much as we could on the way out. And then kind of the first day of the conference, it's in the the Vegas, the arena where that like the, I think it's like the T-Mobile Arena or something where where the ice hockey team play and where they do the um, UFC events and things like that. And it's, it's the Microsoft top brass giving presentations about how amazing the partner network um, is and the vision for the future and sort of displaying all the new tech and things like that. And it was Satya, Satya Nadella. So the, the topest of the top brass at Microsoft giving this presentation and all of the global guys. And it was all very theatrical and, like performances and all new tech and it was amazing and there was so many thousands of people in this arena going off and everyone like loving life and fully drinking the kool-aid microsoft wise and i was um sat next to our cto at the time and i fell asleep um i was so jet so jet lagged we just had our second our second child as well so he was he was pretty fresh so not sleeping very well and sort of so coming off of no sleep being jet lagged being in a completely different time zone even sat in an sat in an arena with everything going on with all these thousands of people 
hooting and hollering and getting all excited, uh, I, I fell asleep next next to <laughs> next to our CTA. How long were you sleeping for, may I ask? I think I was asleep for maybe fifteen to twenty minutes. <laughs> That's ages. It is ages when it transpires everyone else around you has been taking photos of you as well because obviously you've fallen asleep in front of thousands of other people and it's it's a hilarious thing to take pictures of a, a sleeping stranger uh, in a big arena where everything's going on and was only awakened when our CTO very very politely and very gently nudged me awake and said come on Russ let's go get a drink and like let's go get let's go get you a coffee let's go get you a cup of tea um it was fine. Everyone understood because of because of the situation, but still painfully embarrassing. Being so fresh into this new company as well, in front of one of the senior guys and some of the other senior guys as well, just 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 nodding off, just nodding off while all the fanfare was going on. All right, cool. This is good. Is there anything else that um, we should talk about? No, those were the those were the three the three biggies really. The one that causes me most heartache we, we've been through, and and then the other two are a bit a bit lighter. Amazing. So I think we've got a good sense of you as a as a marketer that developed his career and made the old mistake all the way through. But I think you've reached a point of being essentially capable, right? Yeah, I think that's that's nice to put on the CV. Russ Powell, essentially capable. <laughs> I make no bigger claims about myself if that's any consolation. <laughs> and that's how we ended it. I really enjoyed speaking with Russ. He was a really good interviewee. And that's two episodes in a row where male marketers have been really very open about um, the emotional impact of messing up. And I think it says something really good about how we're maturing and we're able to admit to those vulnerabilities. Long may it continue. So I hope you enjoyed it too. Thanks once again to Russ. Check out his agency, Sharper B2B, and I'll see you next time.